0: It's Friday, November 22nd. I'm Akila Hughes.
1: I'm Gideon Resnick. And this is What a Day, the outcast stankonia of daily news podcast.
0: I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Our country is in deep trouble.
1: On today's show, a conversation with Raquel Willis, the executive editor of Out Magazine, about the trans obituaries project. Then some headlines and some high hopes. But before that, a segment on impeachment.
0: Thursday was the closing day of scheduled public testimony in the impeachment inquiry. And the House heard from Fiona Hill, the former top Russia expert on the National Security Council, and David Holmes, a top aide in the United States Embassy in Kiev. Their testimonies were the final damning testimonies in a week full of damning testimonies against the president. As witness after witness confirmed and described a pressure campaign to get the Ukrainian president to announce investigations as military aid was withheld from the country. Let's get into some of the takeaways from yesterday.
1: Let's do it. Fiona Hill said that Trump's demands for Ukraine to announce investigations into the Bidens was a, quote, domestic political errand Mm. that didn't have to do directly with U.S. foreign policy goals. She also testified that she told Sondland, our smiley man from Wednesday, that this was all going to blow up.
2: But I was irritated with him and angry with him that he wasn't fully coordinating. And I did say to him, Ambassador Sondland, Gordon, I think this is all going to blow up. And here we are. And after I left to my next meeting, our director for the European Union talked to him much further for a full half hour or more later, trying to ask him about how we could coordinate better, how others could coordinate better after I had left the office. And his feeling was that the National Security Council was always trying to block him. Mm. What we were trying to do was block us from straying into domestic or personal politics.
0: Whoa. Uh, She also criticized Republicans for pushing a, quote, fictional narrative that Ukraine meddled in the 2016 presidential election as opposed to Russia. That, of course, is the basis of one of the investigations Trump sought. It's a conspiracy theory and one that Hill said helps Russia.
1: That's right. And Hill and Holmes, contrary to some other witnesses, also said that they viewed references to Burisma as, quote, code for Biden. So there was no mix up there.
0: Yeah. Also, like, they both start with B, so... Pretty pretty sloppy code. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Holmes spoke for the first time publicly about the quote loves your ass call from July between Sondland and Trump he testified that he could hear Trump speaking loudly on the phone asking Sondland whether Ukrainian president Zelensky was quote going to do the investigation
1: to which Sondland said that Zelensky quote loves your ass so cool
0: yeah confirmed yeah all,
1: all <laughs> the loose ends tied up there on still the still asses still love yeah um <laughs> uh now we are at a stage where a lot of members are not expecting any more depositions or public hearings held by the House Intelligence Committee. So it's going to move into a new phase coming soon. Mm -hmm. Um, The House is on recess from now until December 3rd, and we're anticipating that a report will be produced and given to the House Judiciary Committee with a possible vote to impeach on the House floor by Christmas. (laughs) Quite the gift.
0: Yeah. Uh, Congressman Adam Schiff delivered a closing statement to the proceedings yesterday that was particularly on point. He's been fiery all week. Here's a clip.
2: It's not so much that this situation is different in term of terms of Nixon's conduct and Trump's conduct. What we've seen here is far more serious than a third-rate burglary of the Democratic headquarters. What we're talking about here is the withholding of recognition in that White House meeting, the withholding of military aid to an ally at war. That is beyond anything Nixon did. The difference between then and now is not the difference between Nixon and Trump. It's the difference between that Congress and this one. Hmm.
1: And the end of Schiff's statement made it clear why he views it as imperative to impeach the president.
2: That says to me, this president believes he is above the law, beyond accountability. And in my view, there is nothing more dangerous than an unethical president who believes they are above law the law. And I would just say to people watching here at home and around the world in the words of my great colleague, we are better than that. Adjourned.
0: Dang, gavel drop.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd love to gavel in and out of our segments on Wad.
0: Honestly. Well, if you thought the impeachment would be done by Thanksgiving, it's safe to say you were wrong. It's going to be impeachy as hell going into the end of the year. Wednesday was the Trans Day of Remembrance, a day to pay respects to the transgender women and men whose lives were lost to acts of anti-trans violence and hate. This year, at least 22 transgender and gender non-conforming people in the U.S. were killed, according to the Human Rights Campaign. The American Medical Association has declared violence against trans women an epidemic, and it is one that disproportionately impacts trans women of color. All but two of this year's victims were black. Raquel Willis is the executive editor of Out Magazine and the only black trans woman to hold a senior editorial position at a major magazine in America. This week, she launched the Trans Obituaries Project to honor the trans women of color whose lives were lost in 2019. For each woman, she wrote a short portrait detailing what made them so special in life, their favorite song, their unique hobbies, and descriptions from their closest friends and family. Raquel joined us to discuss the project and what can be done to end anti-trans violence.
3: What I have noticed in the last few years, which has been great in one sense, is obviously a ramp up in the coverage of the violence and the murder happening in the trans community, particularly those of us of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what has been lost is the humanity and... Um, The victims each year And so it's become just so much tragedy And I think what we need Beyond those kind of details Is a transformation Um, Something that will actually Uh, reiterate our humanity as black trans women, as trans women of color. And so that was my approach with uh, the Obituaries Project. Um, I I really just wanted to honor these women in the way that they always deserved, in the way that we don't see. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that meant talking to people that love them, you know, reminding folks that they have family and friends and community and loved ones who care so deeply about them and that they were taken away from those folks. And those folks are still still living and grappling with this tragedy as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, to your point, the media does tend to focus on just statistics, numbers, uh, you know, life expectancies, things that do feel a little removed from the humanity of these women. Um, so I want to talk a little bit really quickly about the media and their coverage of, you know, when a trans woman is murdered. Uh, can we talk about what they're getting wrong and how to f- how they could do a better job of covering these stories?
3: Well, I think to extend just a sliver of grace, I, I think it is difficult for people to understand identity already right mm-hmm. and so when you're going based off what we consider to be the most factual information police reports coron- coroner reports uh medical records those things unfortunately the way that they are structured in our society aren't set up to tell a or reality of people's identities whether we're living or deceased mm-hmm. and so i think in trying to be as factual as possible people don't often Know or realize that they need to be asking deeper cu- questions about who these people are. You know, and then you get into, unfortunately, the stigmatizing kind of um, aspects a potential victim may have in their right. lives, right? If they are someone who engaged in sex work, right? We still live in a society that mm-hmm. demonizes sex workers. If they are someone with a criminal record, we still live in a society that demonizes people who have a criminal record or are incarcerated or detained. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's often this kind of uh, need, I think, from people who are outside of the community to kind of validate what happening beyond our identities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so your trans obituaries project, it uh, it launched this week. It's getting huge reviews. But for one of the women, Lailene Kubilete-Polanco, uh, you dove deep into the circumstances surrounding her death. She was a 27-year-old Afro-Latina a trans woman who was found dead while in solitary confinement in Rikers Island. Her family is now suing the city of New York, saying she shouldn't have been kept in solitary confinement given. And her history of epilepsy. Can you tell us about her story?
3: Yes. So Laylene's story has really resonated with me. I, I mean, it's my first year in New York. And so there's so much of kind of figuring out the landscape and so this story was always very close to my heart um, because it happened literally the weekend that pride month started and you know so while we're kind of celebrating this huge kind of 50th anniversary since the stonewall riots um this woman has died in prison custody mm-hmm. and so it, it, I think that is what really resonated, particularly with people in the organizing and activist community in the, LG, in the LGBTQ world. Um, but it's also that she has a family that is so loving and affirming of who she was. Um, and, and so they really speak to her essence in a beautiful way, in a way that we often don't see. You know, we don't often hear from families, whether it's because of their own kind of trauma in the aftermath of losing their uh, in, their loved one. Um, and so to hear from this affirming family and that... Her mother is so fiercely demanding justice Mm -hmm. for her death in prison custody. I I mean, I think that is a seismic kind of shift in hopefully the mindset that maybe a lot of families, particularly of color, have around affirming their transgender loved one.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's painful. I mean, well... As part of this project, you also wrote about how to end the violence, and one of the major pieces is centering trans women of color in the fight for LGBTQ plus equality, making sure organizations and allies are prioritizing the issue and putting resources directly into it. Uh, You know, what's your advice for those organizations or even allies to be putting pressure on those organizations to make that a center focus?
3: Well, I I think that when there is a focus on the vitality of the most marginalized people, um, that is something that will free up everyone else's um, version of oppression, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I want to see. I think for far too long, the voices of black and brown trans folks and community when these murders happen and, and this violence has happened, It has been drowned out by the desires of a white, cisgender, gay, lesbian elite in our community. One that Mm -hmm. has accrued a certain amount of power, privilege, and wealth in the greater society. um, And they have left us behind. Mm -hmm. So when I think about that, right, I think that we need to get it together together. (laughs) <laughs> and get radical about our approach to ending this epidemic. Yeah. And so that means a massive restructuring of the the resources that are allocated to advocacy work. Mm-hmm. And that also means building in accountability. So I don't want to hear any more nonprofit directors and movement leaders using the names of the black and brown trans women and femmes who are murdered each year Mm -hmm. in their speeches. Yeah. in, In their kind of grant proposals. And then not showing up and actually showing us the evidence that they are actually prioritizing us, right? right? So I want to see where your money and your resources are going. And if they are not going to black and brown trans women and, and our, the leadership efforts that we have crafted out of nothing, mm-hmm. right, then maybe, maybe you need to be doing something else, right? Yeah. You know, there, maybe you need to go into the private sector and stop pretending like you're actually trying to solve the deepest issues in our community.
0: That's right. Wow. Raquel Willis, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us.
3: Thank you so much, Akilah. And thank you for being another uh, truth speaker as well. Thank you.
0: Raquel Willis is the executive editor of Out Magazine. Check our show notes for a link to the Trans Obituaries Project, which has suggestions for ways to get involved with organizations doing work to support and protect the lives of trans and gender non-conforming people. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants
1: Lately, a new dance craze has been sweeping the nation, and it's called Confuse Buttigieg Supporter Following Instructions to Swing Their Arms Around Like a Maniac.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my god, you didn't have to do it for me, they can't see it.
1: (laughs) That is the song. Um, I can actually see that Akilah is doing the dance right now. Contrary to That's what she true. said That's about lie. me.
0: My hands are at my side.
1: Your body is simply doing the moves without your brain's permission. <laughs> it's how it gets gets to us all. Mm. Uh, so that song, High Hopes by Panic of the Disco, is Mayor Pete Buttigieg's walk-up song. Every candidate has a walk-up song. And today, we're going to test how well... You, Akila, know these walk-up songs. Uh, Are you ready? Uh,
0: yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, let's do it. I'm sure I'm terrible at this one. Okay.
1: Great. Uh, then let's play a game I like to call Walk-Up Song or Samsung Commercial. <laughs> I'm going to play you 10 seconds from a song okay. and give you three answer options. Okay. Two candidates, one Samsung commercial. Okay. And you tell me which one you think is a match. All right, that sounds good. Yeah. All right, let's get it going. Number one. That's
0: got to be a Samsung commercial.
1: Well, hold on. Let me give oh, you, you the didn't options. tell me Yeah, things. let me give you the options. Um, is that your final answer? I
0: mean, I need to know what the other two candidates. Okay. Said. Okay.
1: All right. Option A: Tulsi Gabbard. Oh. <laughs> Option B: Amy Klobuchar. Option C. Samsung Galaxy Watch Active 2 commercial where a woman's watch tells her to run past a bakery full of delicious pastries.
0: I think it's a Samsung commercial.
1: You are incorrect. That is Amy Klobuchar's walk-up song.
0: Ah, what song is that? The
1: Bullpen by our good friend Dessa. I don't, I've... Oh, dang. I'm not sure I know. (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) But asked about the song, Klobuchar has said, quote, it's about being a female rapper in a male rapper's world which fits our political scene right now <laughs> and what it's like to run for president as a woman. Oh. As she says in one line of the song, uh, why am I the only one acting like a gentleman?
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So Senator Klobuchar wants to be an MC.
0: I love it. I imagine she eats her salad with her <laughs> comb to this song. A- absolutely. Gets pumped
1: up. Dessa, Dessa pioneered that, in fact, that I way of eating it. salads. <laughs> Dessa is also from Klobuchar's home state. Okay. Uh, let's see if you can get number two
0: i love that song
1: okay so it's a great song are the options well the options are, <laughs> not are the options.
0: what are the options i am not sure
1: number one cory booker okay number two marianne williamson orb gang number three orb gang samsung flex washer dryer commercial where parents do laundry while their kids roll around in mud in the background
0: that seems like a samsung commercial too it is not a samsung commercial i'm gonna guess samsung for all of them
1: it is cory booker's walk-up song marianne williamson's is higher ground by stevie wonder wow hilarious but also cool
0: yeah uh stony higher ground we're reaching um our vibes
1: booker's spokesperson said that uh Corey is a fan of Bill Withers. Overall, the song is heartwarming, optimistic, forward-looking, and soulful. Oh. I agree. Those were the adjectives I would use for Mr. Withers. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, you really, you got to catch up here. Um, number three.
0: We love Elton.
1: We do love Elton. So who loves Elton as much as us?
0: I mean, I'm probably going to guess Samsung commercial, but go ahead.
1: Andrew Yang. Okay. Tom Steyer. Hmm. Or the Samsung Gear VR commercial where an emu puts on a VR headset and learns to fly like a normal bird. I think emus are normal birds, just to the emu community (laughs) out there.
0: Yeah, dang. They have a lot of, they're like over overrepresented on TV. Um, I think that is a Samsung commercial. It is. It <laughs> is
1: actually a Samsung commercial. Uh, Yang's real song is Return of the Mac.
0: Oh, I love that song. Yeah. That's so weird that that's a real <laughs> yeah. song. That's just like a cookout song. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's, it definitely sets a weird tone.
0: Oh, yeah. I never clarified. The emu thing, there's like Liberty Mutual has the Limu emu. emu. <laughs> right. So there's lots of emus on TV. When I said right. they were overrepresented, I just wanted to... Let the audience know. I'm not saying there's too many. I'm just saying in terms of
1: birds on commercials. Lots of wad shots at the emu community today. (laughs) I will not let it stand. Mm. Me and my bird watching society exclusively looks for emus. (laughs) We think that they're very normal birds. Okay. The last one. Hit it. Okay, so the options are a Samsung Galaxy S10 commercial where strangers use the wireless PowerShare function to charge each other's phones in an airplane.
0: Samsung should sponsor us for how much we're talking about them, but it okay. This,
1: this, this, well, you know, I, it out, I talked to the execs at Samsung before <laughs> we wrote this game. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris or Senator Bernie Sanders. I think it's Bernie. It is. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the easiest one in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, her song is Work That by Mary J. Blige. Uh, the Sanders rationale here, because I guess we need to be explaining why people are choosing these songs. Protest song, revolution mentions, mm-hmm. fits in with the brand. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's the game. That was, that was a candidate song or Sanders yeah, commercial. wow, song.
0: I lost big time. I mean, we weren't keeping score, but I know it was zero. So.
1: No, you got, you what? got, you got. Two.
0: Potentially? We're seeing the producers put two fingers up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two out of a hundred. (laughs) Well, great work. Thank you. Music. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Colombia closed all of its borders yesterday to brace for a day of nationwide protests. Hundreds of thousands of students, union workers, and indigenous peoples took to the streets to voice their frustration with the country's conservative administration. This is just one of the latest large-scale pro-democracy demonstrations to shake a South American country, and the protesters knew that. Demonstrators waved the flags of Chile and Ecuador while carrying banners that read, South America woke up.
1: Right-wing Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was indicted on charges of bribery, fraud, and breach of trust. He's been accused of bribing media tycoons in his country in exchange for favorable coverage of himself and his family. Netanyahu is calling this whole thing a witch hunt. Now, if only there was another world leader with authoritarian instincts who oppresses Muslims and refused to accept evidence of wrongdoing with whom we could compare him to for our American audience. If
0: only... When Don Jr.'s book Triggered got the top spot on the New York Times bestseller list last week, we had to swallow our pride and admit the obvious. He was an amazing writer who deserved every bit of his success. But it turns out all was not as it seemed. The RNC paid Books A Million almost $100,000 for copies of Triggered a week before the book went on sale, a purchase that calls into question earlier statements from an RNC spokesperson that they, quote, had not made a large bulk purchase. <laughs> hmm. uh, they can make up for this act of low-calorie fraud by spending $100,000 on my book. Obviously, Stories from My Timeline, also available at Books A Million.
1: Nice. Uh, Last night, Elon Musk revealed the Tesla Cybertruck, an all-electric pickup truck that looks like something an architect uses for drawing blueprints. (laughs) The very angular metallic car will start at around $40,000 and boasts unbreakable Tesla armor glass, which broke in a live demonstration (laughs) on stage. Uh, Excited to see where this one goes. Yeah,
0: great. Uh, It kind of looks like a worse DeLorean to me. (laughs) And those are the headlines. That's all for today. We are new, so if you like the show, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, respond to my misconnection Craigslist post, and tell your friends to listen.
1: By the way, if you are into reading and not just print ads for masculine yogurt like me, <laughs> What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at slash newsletters
0: I'm Akila Hughes.
1: I'm Gideon Resnick, and, and that's, that's how you how have, have high, high high hopes for, for a living. living. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with twenty percent off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny. Okay,
3: anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers. You're getting flowers. Everyone's <laughs> getting flowers. Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for twenty five percent off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, books promo code WAD.
4: What a Day is brought to you by
3: Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our
4: past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty.
0: Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty.